I ended up spending probably about an hour and a half to two hours in there. And there was plenty of things to photograph, children's toys and kitchen appliances, things like that. But it was really the upstairs that probably gave me one of the biggest scares that I've had doing this. And I was walking from room to room upstairs down down this hallway in and out of each room. And there was a trash can in the middle of the hallway or the middle of the building. It didn't really dawn on me what that trash can was there for. But as I got close to it, I realized that it was just brimming with water. So it had been put there to collect water that was coming through the ceiling, but it was then obviously spilling over and damaging the floor. And I took one step too close to that trash can and the floor started to give out right underneath me from all of the water damage. And that, that probably, I've had some other scares, but that probably actually stopped my heart and made me really question how daring I was becoming and what I was doing. Welcome to Capturing the Abandoned, a foray into the world of rural and urban abandoned exploration. Hello, this is Vincent Gearhart, and along with my co-host, Mr. Lex Nichols, we'd like to welcome you to episode 15 of Capturing the Abandoned with our guest, Vincent St. Xavier from Castle Rock, Colorado. We do this podcast to help recognize and highlight some of the talented rural and urban abandoned explorers that are out there. It gives us all a chance to get to know these individuals as an artist and as an individual. We would like to have you be a part of the podcast. Almost everyone has a smartphone these days with the ability to record and share a voice message. All you have to do is record a short message, which can be about where you are, what you like or dislike about the show, where you like to explore, or just about anything related to rural and urban exploration. When we get these messages, we will start adding them into the show on future episodes. Now is your chance to be a part of the show. Email your short recordings to CapturingTheAbandoned at gmail.com. In this episode of Capturing the Abandoned, we have the honor to chat with Vincent St. Xavier a medical courier out of Castle Rock, Colorado. With his job, he has ample opportunities to travel the back roads over a large area of Colorado, Nebraska, New Mexico, and Texas. On his travels, he discovers and documents an amazing amount of abandoned locations and shares them on Instagram and Facebook. Vincent taps into his past experience in digital advertising marketing, public relations, along with print and web publishing, and graphic design to bring out the best in his photographic portfolio. Vincent is married with three children and is currently an empty nester. He very much enjoys the abandon and is an awesome supporter and contributor to the Bando community. And without further ado, here's our interview with Mr. Vincent St. Xavier. Tonight we have on the show with us, Vincent St. Xavier from Castle Rock, Colorado. Hello, Vincent, and welcome to the podcast. 
Hey guys, it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a while now, so I'm just honored that I'm actually here doing this with you both. Awesome. Well, we're we're excited to have you on. So I'm going to start this off. Do you want to give us a little background on yourself, uh, where you're located? You have a lot of really good stuff in your bio, so just tell us about yourself. Well, currently I live in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, my wife and I and our daughter moved up to Colorado three years ago, and then she graduated from high school here and um, ultimately joined the Army. And uh, after that, we bought a house in Castle Rock. We love living here. We love being quarantined here. So um, <laughs> it's uh, it's not a choice Good. you think about when you buy a house, but uh, I guess we're pretty happy with that. I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Lived there. I lived a few other places, but lived in Albuquerque most of my adult life. Owned my own businesses there. Had a lot of really great opportunities there. Um, and I was sort of already at the end of that when we moved here. My wife got a promotion and it just gave me an opportunity to segue into doing other things. I started as a graphic designer and prior to that, I was a photographer back in high school and college. And then that led me through print publishing, web design and development, advertising, PR, those are all the things that I did while I was in Albuquerque. Most of what we cover here is uh, the abandoned photography, and we just would like to know how you got started in that and what, what got you into it. Well, when I was taking black and white photography classes in high school, which was like a long time ago, I think before the dinosaur bones were discovered, I learned the skills mainly was looking at black and white photography as like an art and then when i went to college in eastern new mexico which is on the border of texas i was living in a pretty rural area and when i discovered all of the like agricultural um, artifacts and the the abandoned warehouses and mills and things like that, then I knew I'd stumbled into something that would create great subject matter for black and white photography. So that's really the origin story of where I got started photographing abandoned stuff. But you have to actually fast forward a couple decades to, to get to where I really, you know, um, took it on as more of a passion project instead of just sort of an art form. You have a lot of amazing pictures in your uh, feed. So what is your favorite subject to shoot? First and foremost, I just love exploring. And I often look for places on Google Maps when I know where I'm going, just to see if there will be places that I can wander off to. I love finding abandoned places, whether it's a home or a facility that looks like they just shut the doors 20 years ago, never looked back, but everything is still there like the day it was left. And I've found quite a few sort of factory type operations like that and uh, a handful of homes. And to me, those types of places are like hollowed ground because they contain so much life still in them. There's so much story inside those places that when I find them 
when I find them, I know I've just lost the rest of my day because I'm going to spend some time there. And uh, right. I usually find myself wondering how these places hadn't already been discovered or, you know, pilfered or vandalized. But when I'm there, I feel like it's a time capsule and I'm just trying to understand as much of the life that was lived there before it was abandoned. And that quality about photographing a place is highly addictive to me. Like I get a bonafide adrenaline rush or a dwarfin dump or whatever it's called. Like I, my breathing slows way down. My senses get really vivid. I can, um, you know, I really, I like almost see life in those places. So when I, when I find those types of places, it's like, that is why I'm reminded that I love this, this type of hobby, this passion project, if you will. Yeah, for sure. I think we know the feeling. We are, uh, we are a unique tribe in that way. I think there's a lot of us that can relate to that. So you've been a photographer for quite a while. So what kind of equipment do you use now when you're out doing your photography? I have a lot of digital um, Nikon equipment um, that I use, that I have used professionally. Uh, When I know there's a place, often when I'm going back to a place that I've already been to before, I'll take those types of cameras with me because I know the type of shots that I'm looking for. I have some really good wide angle lenses. For the most part, I use my my phone, which which I use because I'm finding places for the first time and I'm not coming prepared to do a photo shoot there. So then I have a, a DJI drone, which I've taken to a few uh, places to get some pretty interesting shots, some um, abandoned churches and old historical grounds, uh, old mines, things like that but mostly just my phone. So uh, what is your favorite utility or software? Or I know uh, the phone has a whole different set of uh, editing tricks. And if you're on the computer, it has, has a whole different set, but what's your preference? What do you like? When I'm shooting on my phone, I would say probably nine times out of 10, I'll be editing those photos using Snapseed, which I've heard a number of other guests also mention Snapseed. I have a, uh, an Android phone and it, I know that Snapseed's available on both iOS and Android. It, it just, it does the job quickly and effectively. And I have sort of go-to routines that I use to retouch all of my images I tend to use the ambient setting quite a bit because I like to bring those shadows out a little bit so we can see more. And I also like to punch up the the color on the computer. And this is more like if I've brought my equipment somewhere and I am intentionally shooting a place. Lightroom is sort of the obvious go-to. And then if, if it needs, like if I want to remove electrical lines, then I, I use Photoshop, things like that. But those two tools do most of the job. There's a couple other tools. There's one for Android called Layers, which you can actually 
use to like drop out a background and do a background replacement. So I've used that a few times. I was doing a whole series like two years ago where I was photographing really old abandoned cars and then using layers to drop all the color out of the photo except for the car itself. Right. I did quite a few images like that where I, where all I wanted was the subject matter and color and everything else in black and white. And that was pretty easy to do in layers. So that's pretty much the software that I use most of the time. It seems like uh, kind of the, the norm for everybody, you know, Lightroom and either Snapseed or Mixtures or a few of the others, depending on what, uh, whether you're on iPhone or uh, Android. So good. Good. Yeah. Well, and if I could actually, if I could just go off on a small tangent on that, like the people that spend the time retouching their images, those are the people that totally captivate me because they're, they're using their photo editing skills to tell the story that they're seeing when they took the photo and not what the camera sees. And quite a few you know, people in the community, they have their own very unique trademark kind of look to their retouching. And you can always tell certain photographers based on how they retouch their photos. And you're like, oh, that's Laura's photo. That's Misty's photo. Like they're very, very specific people who I really respect the time that they put in to do that. I don't always do that. And I don't always do it in like a trademark way. But the people that do do it are the ones that really you know, inspire me. Yeah, it's nice to see sure. people that have a style and and they've been developing them over time, which is which is really fun. So you say you uh, kind of started taking pictures back in school and all that. So, but how long have you been doing this uh, abandoned type of photography? So uh, I've been doing it for about, I guess, like three, three and a half years now. And to really understand that part of the story is related to the job that I started after, uh, or rather just before moving to Colorado. Um, I gave up a business that I was running at the time doing a lot of print publishing, graphic design, web, social media stuff to, to pick up a job as a pharmaceutical courier. Sounds kind of basic, but what we actually deliver is diagnostics for cancer patients and so um, that's radioactive and it's very time sensitive to deliver to pick up and deliver and it pays what really well so when i started doing that job it was i was i started working like one to two days a week and then that evolved into three or four days a week and pretty soon i was driving ten thousand miles a month and after I make the delivery or deliveries, then I'm off the clock. So I'm only working one way. And then as soon as I've made my last delivery, I now suddenly have the entire rest of the day open to me while I'm on my way back. So quickly, I realized the opportunity there was to, you know, go on adventures and start driving down you know, dirt roads and not often driven byways. Back roads. Yep. Exactly. And uh, pretty, pretty quickly, I started kind of mapping out a lot of places that I could see from the road. And then that extended into looking on 
Google satellite maps were places that I couldn't see from the road and charting out charting out my <laughs> my uh, my visits based on where I was being sent to any particular day. So a lot of times I would drive from Albuquerque to El Paso and there's plenty just there's plenty to see just on that road back alone. But then I started deviating from that and driving out to cities further and further out and taking much longer ways home just to really explore. And so that ultimately my territory expanded to include Colorado, Southern Wyoming, Nebraska. And so in a given week, I could go from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to El Paso, uh, over to Amarillo, to Scotts Bluff. I mean, I had a crazy, crazy route and I loved it because I could see the West in a very unique, through a unique lens, if you will, because a barn in Nebraska doesn't necessarily look like an abandoned barn in uh, Eastern New Mexico. The architecture is often different just because of climate and and weather and things like that. So those types of things really caught my attention, got me out of my car, got me wandering through grass fields, looking, you know, at those types of structures. So uh, I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity over the last three years, because I don't, for somebody who's as passionate about photographing abandoned buildings, you couldn't ask for a better job. Yeah, that's perfect. Sure. You get out there and you get to see the country, and that's that's what it takes. In in all your travels, um, what's the shadiest or the worst place that you've been to? Oh man, I've been to some really, <laughs> I've been to some really interesting places. Give, um, us, give us the so doozy. Give us the, the worst one. The shadiest place, which I'm going to differentiate from the worst place, because the shadiest place was a was a two story turn-of-the-century hotel in Des Moines, New Mexico, and over the years it has been used as um, a schoolhouse, um, someone's home, and I'd pass by this place. It's right, like, right on the highway, just literally feet away from the highway, and I'd pass by this place so many times at broken-out windows and uh, roof falling off, that kind of stuff, and uh, one day I just worked up the courage to park my car and go in. It's right across the street from the only gas station in town, which is the reason that it took me so long to find the courage to go in there because I was so concerned about the locals seeing me there. And, and, you know, I ended up spending probably about an hour and a half to two hours in there. And there was plenty of things to photograph children's toys and kitchen appliances, things like that. But it was really the upstairs that probably gave me one of the biggest scares that I've had doing this. And I was walking from room to room upstairs down down this hallway, in and out of each room. And there was a trash can in the middle of the hallway for the middle of the building. It didn't really dawn on me what that trash can was there for. But as I got close to it, I realized that it was just brimming with water. So it had been put there to collect water that was coming through the ceiling, but it was then obviously spilling over and damaging the floor. 
and I took one step too close to that trash can and the floor started to give out right underneath me from all of the water damage. And that, that probably, I've had some other scares, but that probably actually stopped my heart and made me really question how daring I was becoming and what I was doing. Sure. Most of the rest of the, most of the rest of the scary stuff I've encountered is almost always animals where I don't expect them to be raccoons. And, <laughs> the, you know, they, they, it's like they lay in wait for you to either leave. And then when they get tired of you being there, they just jump out and scare the bejesus out of you. I will say like not the shadiest place, but the scariest place that I went to is also one of the most inviting places and it's a um, it's an old stretch of Route 66, which is now dirt road again. And there used to be a lot of like hotels and gas stations and the you know like old Route 66 era stuff at this place called Glen Rio on the Texas New Mexico border, just off of I 40. And there are dozens, probably hundreds of old 40s, 50s era cars in a junkyard. And, um, if you, you can't miss it if you're driving on that dirt road. So obviously it attracts a lot of visitors, but they're visitors that the landowner definitely does not want there. And rather than putting up trespassing signs, he uses his gun to scare you off. So the first time that I went out there and I heard gunfire, I didn't actually see anyone. So I didn't immediately assume that the person was firing their gun at me. The second time I went there, the landowner got in his car and drove down to where my car was and then fired his gun in the air over my head. Uh, so oh that my. is by far like the scariest experience that I've had by, you know, by someone else. And it's kind of sad because he's sitting on a photographic gold mine out there. He could sell tickets. He could. He absolutely could sell tickets. And he probably <laughs> would probably, you know, more than quadruple the amount of his income. And it, it's sad. It's just, you know, it's sad because I almost feel like it should be turned into a state park or something. So glancing through your feed and everything, and we're just wondering, um, what's what's the best shot you took and, and why do you think that is it? Oh, I actually, I enjoy uh, other people attempting to answer this question um, because <laughs> when you see, I, I guess when you see a picture, I mean, the pictures that I take and share, I'm presenting something. I'm presenting, I hope, which is a tiny slice or glimpse of a story that I have spent a lot of time trying to, like digest or feel and so sometimes you know photographs just can't do those stories or experiences justice but you hope they do i think that for me the photographs of the saint aloysius church in raton pass near trinidad are probably some of my favorite photos and also because those photos do a great job of telling the story of the experience that I'm having. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of other photographers take, you know, take their own swipe at photographing that church. And 
And there's, there's obviously a lot of different photographs out there, both just sort of passerby photos or artistic photos of that church. But um, it's a place that I imagine I'll continue to revisit throughout my life just to try to get different perspectives and different experiences out of that. It's hollowed ground completely. There used to be hundreds of people living there and railroad tracks and coal mines and the whole thing. And it's just, and then, and the only thing that's really still standing there is the face of the church, which has survived since the early part of the 1900s. That was one of uh, Francesca's favorite places too. She really enjoyed it and she got some amazing images from there too. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah, I think for anyone that's actually seeking it out, I would say that there's sort of a lot of obstacles to getting there, um, but they're totally worth it. And the after the fact, I learned that the no trespassing signs that surround the area are really there to protect the newer communities that have been built back in those hills. They're not there to protect that specific site, which is actually owned by the railroad. I've actually been there on site when railroad personnel come and they don't give me any grief at all. So it's worth, it's definitely worth the effort. Yeah, we were close to it once, but uh, we didn't quite make it, but we'll definitely be going back for sure. I would, I would highly recommend it. So do you want to talk about some of your art shows or exhibitions, or do you have anything like that going on? <laughs> Are you showing your work? Yeah, I'm going to go to this thing called Bando Fest. Um, okay. When is that happening again? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, we could we could have a we could have a talk about how to revive that. Um, I think that for well things that I was exploring up until the recent quarantine was publishing my own book. I've actually with somebody else in this community. I've explored doing like a side by side book where we put New Mexico and Colorado pictures you know, similar pictures side by side. I would love to continue pursuing that idea. Uh, there's a show here at Arapahoe Community College called the Affordable Art Fest. And they do that right before the fall semester starts. And it is really well attended. There's a lot of amazing artists there. I overheard one of the artists telling a customer there that he makes more money in that one day show than he makes at some of his, you know, more eccentric three day shows around the state or the Southwest. And it's just because people come prepared to buy. And if they see something they like, they buy it without, you know, wasting time, you know, comparing or considering it. I had wanted to, and if, you know, if things actually turn around, I, I will still do it. But, um, that looks like an opportunity to just get my work out there in front of people and, and see how they respond to it in a setting where they can see it and buy it. There's another terrific show right here in Castle Rock that attracts more than 200 artists and um, crafts people. And if they decide to put that on, or if they're allowed to put that on this year, that would be an amazing show to participate in as well. So those are kind of handy what I was eyeing until recently. So we'll see what happens. 
we're uh, we're shut down till the 26th of April uh, here in our county. So I think it'll be May, June before things kind of get rolling again. I think everybody's got to get over the the mm-hmm. scare of the contagious. Well, Vincent, if you have a bunch of people on your list, but maybe if you could just narrow it down to maybe your top 10 or eight. Oh, my gosh. Guys or people <laughs> or women or whatever, people that you want to give a shout out to on Instagram or wherever. Hmm. Um, let's see. Well, of course, I'll just include everyone that's already been interviewed uh, on this podcast uh, without without identifying them by name, but we'll include those people in my list. Some other people uh, that I really respect as abandoned photographers, uh, Misty White, who's at Seeks and Shadows. I'm not sure if I'll say her name right, but I think it's pronounced Bieta Cierto. She's at abandoned underscore in underscore NM. Uh, she does a lot of additional research uh, into the things that she photographs, digs up like uh, historical records and things like that. She's got a really great Facebook page too. Um, I She has been interviewed by you, but she's such an inspiration. I can't not mention Laura, who um, I think she changed her Instagram to diary of underscore abandonment. And it used yeah. to be something North Carolina before that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's she, what uh, man, she's just amazing to me. Everything that she does is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Jean, who is at story of, uh, Gino, Janet Marchbanks, who's at J-M-A-R-C-H-B. Um, there's a gentleman out in central Colorado named Steve Harvey, who does a lot of really great uh, f- photographs of homes that were built around, like in resort towns that are abandoned. Does a lot of really interesting stuff there. Ron Weathers, who's out of Red River, New Mexico. He's at abandoned underscore influence. Really great abandoned photographers. There's a, there's a couple people that just deserve recognition, not just for what they're doing with abandoned photography, but sort of their whole lifestyle. One of those people is, um, I don't actually know his name, but he's at Maiden Rock 27 and he, he's like a train jumper. So he oh my. Uh, lives on the train system and he, the work that he shares and the graffiti and kind of a lot of stuff that you and I wouldn't ordinarily see every day. Great stuff. There's, uh, I think he's been mentioned on the program before, and I hope he is interviewed someday soon. Uh, his handle is at Detroit Unseen. Remarkable, like how he gains access to the things that he photographs and, and uh, videotapes is uh, beyond comprehension. But I would, I would actually devote an entire vacation to spending a week with that guy just to, <laughs> to have access to what he has. I'm pretty sure he was mentioned by somebody else on the program, too. Let's see. Well, there's going to be a long list of people that I include in the show notes of this show. There's a couple artists that don't necessarily do abandoned photography, but I take great inspiration from. One of them is at C-O-L-O-Q-U-I-X. I wouldn't even begin to pronounce that, but like an illustrator and a graffiti artist um, in England. And so he presents a lot of other people's work as, as in addition to his own great, 
he's amazing. Um, anyway, those are the people. Oh, that's awesome. That's a good bunch of people. I know the list just grow and grow because it's, it's hard to include everybody, but yeah, there's so many good people out there. Just one more, a nature photographer by the name of Catherine Harris, who is at captain battle babe. Um, I've actually been able to go on nature photo shoots with her. She agreed to take me along on her adventure. She does some of the best nature photography in the state of New Mexico that, that I've seen. And um, yeah, I can't not mention her. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Is it direct message, website? Preferably from uh, six or more feet away, wearing face mask, rubber gloves. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't touch me. I think Instagram is by far the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I don't often respond to my email very quickly, but I have two different Instagram channels or profiles. One of them is at Vincent T home. So there's two T's there in the middle Vincent T home. And then the second one is Vincent St. Xavier. I guess we'll have those in the show notes. We can include my email address, which is Vincent St. Xavier at gmail.com. If yeah. you're in any kind of a hurry to get a hold of me, that's probably the email is the slowest way. Yeah. Really, I'm not trying to uh, contact all the Vincents out there. It's just, hey, it, seems like <laughs> it just happens that way. No, it it's a club. We're a club. It's just, it's just how it works. Sorry, right? Lex. Yeah, no, it's, all, it's all good. It's a, I'm the three letter. Three letter name guy. Rick, yeah. Mac, right. Stu. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. I love all of your music. I, I always listen to the entire piece at the end of every podcast. Really great work. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I enjoy doing it. For an uneducated musician, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's always a challenge to try to come come up with something new but i appreciate that yeah and i can't i cannot allow you to end this program without saying how completely grateful i am for the fact that you have created a podcast around this passion and around this community and given people an opportunity to share their passion with everyone else in the community I look forward to every new episode. I was uh, delighted to be invited to be on the show. You guys are amazing. Um, your book is amazing. Your work is amazing. I'm so glad to have discovered you and to, and I haven't met Lex in person yet, but I had the opportunity to meet Vincent a couple months ago. What a great, what a great thing you've done. Thank you very much. We really appreciate hearing that. Appreciate it. Vincent, Vincent, I got to say he's the one uh, behind 90% of what the people see in here. I, he is the, uh, he's the guy behind the computer. So I got to give him kudos for that. So uh, it just works. We have a way uh, we've been friends for 20 plus years and Vincent just has a way of uh, figuring out how to do all this stuff. I'm, I'm just kind of the background dude. It's a it's but a fun project. He just has all that musical yeah. talent, and you know, ADD will work wonders when, <laughs> when you don't have anything to do. That's it. <laughs> no. 
we we sure appreciate you and uh everything yeah. you give give to the community and it's so nice looking at everybody's pictures and everybody has a, a different story to bring and that's what makes this so fun we we sure appreciate it and we we thank you so much for your time yeah ben, oh, so thank you so much for being a being a part of our podcast and it's an be, honor. thank you well thank you is there anything else you want to add or are you are you good i think this this went really well you had a, a nice story to tell and but if you have anything else you want to add, now's the time, my friend. Now's the time to do it. Um, oh, my. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess, like, the the footnote of this, uh, of this community and this passion, and I see more and more people all the time um, sort of joining in, if you will. I like discovering new people. I... I I wish there was another way maybe than besides Instagram to both discover and follow people. And, and that, that just is going to lead me right back around to the, to the unavoidable topic of Bando Fest. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. See, see what I did there. Um, We have to find a way to make that a reality as a community, uh, as a tribe, and whether or not whether we do that virtually or whether we do that in reality, I don't, you know, I almost don't care. I just want another medium for us to be able to share ourselves and our work and our experiences and our passion. And this podcast is like a light in a dark room in that space. And uh, I would love to see this podcast expanded upon in the form of something like that. Yeah, you know, we we do have a, a Facebook group called uh, Capturing the Abandoned International. If people would jump on there and, and contribute to it more, it could sure turn it into a, a more active community. So at least that's one way. And then maybe in the future, not too far off, maybe we could do a Zoom meeting or something like that. That'd be fun. Yes, so, we should totally do a Zoom meeting. Yeah, we'd love to see <laughs> some of the people that are, you know, that we've interviewed and some of the people we haven't. It's, it'd be great. And and also just a quick shout out too is um, we can't get to everybody to have them on the podcast, but there's an opportunity if you just, people that are listening, just record a short deal on your cell phone and email it to us and then we'll try our best to get it into the podcast. So, and you can talk about anything you want, you know, uh, talk about an adventure you had, talk about equipment you use, talk about anything, how you like the show or don't like the show. Just, just send us a message or we would love to hear from you. And we sure like to try to get it into the podcast. That would be great. Well, Vincent, Bando Thank Fest so 2021. Hey, we'll, we'll work on it. We will work on it. <laughs> All right. Ho- ho- All right. Hopefully, it's not a. Hopefully, it's not a Zoom meeting. Hopefully, it can be in person, and we'll, we'll see awesome. how that. Right. See how it goes. Well, thank you so much for your time, and uh, appreciate yeah. you uh, letting us dig into uh, what what makes this uh, a passion for you. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks guys. a lot, Vincent. Vincent, thank you very much for being our guest and sharing your story with us on this episode of Capturing the Abandoned.
You can find Vincent on Instagram as Vincent T. Home. That's with two T's. And Vincent St. Xavier. Vincent S-T-X-A-B-I-E-R. Be sure to give him a follow. The music bed for this show is titled Sunset Through a Window and was composed and performed by Mr. Lex Nichols, my good friend and co-host. You can find more of Lex's music on his website at LexNichols.com, on his YouTube channel, Spotify, Pandora, and of course iTunes. You can find our Facebook page by searching for Capturing the Abandoned, and we'll use this page to share our podcast information, including our show notes and artwork for each episode, and information on locations where you can download, stream, and or subscribe to it. In addition to the Facebook page, we've also created a Facebook group at the same location called Capturing the Abandoned International, which is dedicated to the purpose of showcasing the images, stories, and the people who create the images and art of this genre. This is where we hope to have anyone and everyone from any country post and share their rural and urban abandoned pictures and stories with everyone else. So please stop by and contribute. We've reached the end of this episode of Capturing the Abandoned, and we hope that you have enjoyed it. You should be able to find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are served, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, and more. Please subscribe and be sure to let any of your adventurous friends and relatives know about this podcast. Your feedback is important to us, so please feel free to reach out to us at capturingtheabandoned at gmail.com and leave us your thoughts, ideas, and suggestions on how we can improve this show and bring you the best Capturing the Abandoned experience. Fun times, exciting guests, and abandoned content are up ahead, so please stay tuned. And until next time, be safe out there.